0: Hey, y'all. Pastor Amel here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. And uh, there's all kinds of other sweet things in life. Maybe not dating. <laughs> <laughs> <Should be. laughs> That's what we maybe talk about. Uh, but uh, there are some sweet things in life beyond ice cream, believe it or not but jesus no matter what it is is uh, far sweeter and i am here again with the crew for theo- from theology that well from the archdiocese of new orleans plus uh, you're not <laughs> yes. in an official capacity there <laughs> right? no i'm no? not <laughs> okay um and we are talking theology of the body we kind of gone through some basics already and today i asked naomi to Give us her, what what was the topic that she wanted to talk about? And, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of, again, the basics, sort of the outline of what is theology of the body. We talked about original man, historical man, eschatological man. And then there's all these topics we could jump into that theology of the body illumines, explains, or Mm -hmm. helps us think about in new ways, hopefully helpful ways, I think is the goal. And you had a choice, so, why don't you tell us the topic you wanted to talk about and why?
1: as a woman, you know we're real complex, so this <laughs> this might <laughs> this is how we're gonna start. but thank you, pastor Emil, for for providing uh, this opportunity and definitely want to thank our listeners who are still listening to us after laying the foundation of what theology the a body is. I'm so excited because we're now we're jumping and diving into different topics that I think can open it up and make it come alive. So as I was praying on this, obviously, you know, as a woman, I have many things to say and many things that we could speak of today. But I'm going to draw from two main experiences that impact me a lot because they mean a lot to me, and so I'm going to briefly set both of them up and then we're going to let the holy spirit guide this conversation because i definitely am excited to hear what my brothers here are going to add to the table and and just in the mix of all this because it's it's not it's gray you know it's not black and white it's definitely something that you journey through you process through so the first thing is my background i am quote unquote you know, the the career woman that society and culture, right, wants you to aspire to, promotes, basically teaches our young girls to strive for. And I, I don't want to criticize that completely. I'm not trying to say it's completely wrong or bad, but I did buy into that my happiness is going to come from those women in in generations past who... We're not given the opportunities to be educated, to work in these professions in the past because of the limitations that may have been in place then. I am in a, I'm born in this postmodern world. I am in a different time and space. I can take advantage of, of those things. So I pursued higher education. I, I'm a career woman. I, I work in a profession. All the songs and celebrities entertainment, everything, right? Everything supports this. Like, you need to be an independent woman. You don't want no man to pay your bills. Like, you don't have to buy me diamonds because you know what? I can buy myself. I can buy my own house. I'm definitely not going to be that- A kept woman. That, but, <laughs> that yeah. housewife yeah. that is just going to be kept home and, and tending her babies while you get to pursue your own dreams and, and career. All of that. And I thought that was awesome, and I felt awesome in in the process, but (laughs) being that career woman, (laughs) it is not what is cracked up to be, first and foremost, just kind of actually feeling that tension in real life because, I mean, there is something absent, meaning I do want a family. I, I do want to be married. I do want to... Um Cultivate this natural femininity that's in me, but this culture is saying, Well, no, to be a woman, you got to make certain sacrifices, so that might be prolonging marriage, that might be not having children. that might be just just really changing around your your priorities and what and and your use of time, right um, You might have to spend more time in your career mm-hmm. than at home, right, so you're gonna have to spend more money having someone else raise your children this is kind of as i'm seeing this collide into my world and then theology the body finally enters my life and it's providing a new vision which is god's vision of what true femininity and masculinity are supposed to be who man and who woman were created by by god so there's that that's what i wanted to kind of bring to the table is sometimes i feel this this culture is confused as to who is woman. Is she the woman who's supposed to be? I'm so strong and independent that I don't need to be dependent on another. I don't have to be married and and agree to. That's a construct of society, but maybe it's archaic. You know, <laughs> like yeah. maybe I should just be in a companionship you know and and like right so there's there's that and on the the second let's put the second hat on it comes to the dating life Um, and I am still single unmarried um, a little bit later in life um, and I've just seen how it's just so different I think from when I listen to other people like people who I don't know, maybe they're in their 70s or 60s. And their stories are so sweet. You know, they they tell you, like, (laughs) that person came and pursued them, (laughs) asked them out. They went on dates, asked them out again. They went on more dates. Or sometimes they would have several pursuers. Back in the I think fifties yeah. and sixties, I mean that was the norm. Yeah, like, dating
0: was just like going out with your friends, basically, and you just happened to meet. The same well, they didn't spot. have the
2: internet, so
0: they
1: didn't have. Else to do. <laughs> yeah. they, they actually made face to face contact uh, yeah, and asked right. you out. And they and these men were not afraid, right? They were like, "I'm interested in Susie. I'm gonna take her out. To the, I want to mm-hmm. ask her out and see if she wants to go." They were to definitely afraid, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they but were, they did it anyway. They, and they did it anyway. Now, in, in this time, it's it's like, I think, kind of piggybacking what I was saying before with the the roles of what, I guess, people think women or men are supposed to be. It's like, sometimes I feel men are hesitant to ask women out because they feel like women want, now they're like this strong, independent woman. So they want to be like, well, make that move, and, and they're not afraid to pursue, pursue you. So I think some men want to, but... They just don't know, like press the brake or pre- press gas, like they just don't know what to do. And yeah. then there's maybe some men who are are, are just, I don't know, stunted in, in just that natural maturity when yeah. it comes to yeah. being able to engage yep. in relationships with other people, especially of the other sex. And, you know, we have a lot of great sources of entertainment. Um, I'm not trying to put down any of these things, but, but sometimes for some people, these can be somewhat of an obstacle. So it could be video games. It could be other forms of entertainment. It, it can be pornography and et cetera. That I I think there's a lot of room for, for men to escape a little bit from having to yeah. make those oh, yeah. natural steps of development in yeah. as a human, right. The normal human development so, um, meaning there are really good women out there. And a lot of them are my friends who are still single. And I'm, like, mind boggled. I'm, like, who – why are they not taken? Yeah, like,
2: right. Like, why
1: hasn't – I mean, it's not rocket science. The, there should be men lining up <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: wanting a, an opportunity to take this woman on a date. But it's like crickets. Yeah. They are nowhere to be seen. And it literally pains my heart because I'm, like – and they're getting older. They're not now. They're approaching forties. Children. I don't know. Right. It's up to the Lord. All these things. It keeps on being delayed. Yeah. So. So would you say?
0: So, you get so what the heck two- is going on? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. right.
3: World is upside down. Yeah, 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 well, yeah.
0: Well, would you say that the career woman track the modern sales pitch to women? isn't all it's cracked up to be? Absolutely. Okay, so so why not? What, what is it that, you know, makes you say that, hey, you know what? I went and I bought this hook, line, and sinker, and I am not as thrilled with it as I thought I would be. It doesn't make it all bad. It doesn't mean that women shouldn't get educated. It doesn't mean that, um, right. you know, any of that stuff. It just means, you know, what is it that, Seems to be unfulfilling, or w- what's lacking specifically?
1: I think once it, it's like one of those things, right? If you don't have God, you're, you're always still hungry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you kind of meet these marks and you check these things off your list, you think you should be so elated and happy and joyful the entire time, but it's it's like short lived. You might feel awesome about your accomplishments, but and they have kind of fade. There's that, and then there's just the reality of work. Work is still work. And your (laughs) career. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are definitely parts of my work that I enjoy, but to be honest, I mean, I happen to be a lawyer, and God, I mean, this is glory to God, because in some respects, I don't think my personality is... Uh, I'm not one of those women who who just love to be a bulldog and just come at your throat and, and like I mean I enjoy arguing with you like relentlessly That's not naturally my personality, but I mean, I've really felt the Lord pull me to to this place so meaning it, this this is not easy for me to to maintain and and still work in this profession that it is a fight constantly you know I've grown a lot because of my relationship with God. But it, those moments where you have to clash between opposing counsel or the judge or my client and just really that rub and tension of dealing with people and how difficult that is. To me, I'm like, this is not like, I thought this, it's not like those TV shows where the lawyers look glamorous in their <laughs> suits and making these awesome arguments. It, I mean, it's not that. Like reality of practicing law is not glamorous like that at all it's work right it's work (laughs) and it's not easy and it's hard there's natural obstacles to it and i mean there still are glass ceilings right even even with so much progression and and good things so so even encountering glass ceilings and i've had experience with with other older lawyer who happened to be men and how they just treated me i was like okay that's just inappropriate. I mean, I don't know if yeah. it's an old school thing or whatever. So, this is what made this whole dreamy look of career woman it, into a, what it really is. And I was like, this is not all that great. Yeah. I and so my friend and I we were like totally like someone can I find like I mean just joking. I rich marry a rich man, and I'll stay home. I'll stay (laughs) home. (laughs) I I mean, sometimes on our days where it's hard and you want to give up because you've had a crappy day, yeah, you joke about that because it's just a way, right? To
2: yeah. I mean, there's there's a little bit of the grass is always greener, right? That's always going to be part of the story, right? But
0: yeah, I mean, like I'm sitting here thinking about my wife and. Maybe she would rather be out there. I mean, there are days yeah. where she, man, yeah, I'll go to work.
2: I mean, that's what that's what will happen I, when I yeah. go home. You know, my 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 wife stays home and she we homeschool our kids and we're broke. You know, because, probably because of that. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, but yeah, sometimes I come home and she's like, yeah, but you get to go to work and have you know fruitful. And adult conversations. You got to oh, you got to go talk with Pastor Email again. Huh? Guess what I got to do? You got to have lunch
0: with uh, that uh, What was that place on Pennsylvania Avenue? Touch of Italy. Touch of Italy. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and it's
2: like you know, and you're having adult (laughs) conversations. Guess what conversations I had today? It was love. You know, stop putting that in your nose. You know, (laughs) picking up Cheerios. So it's it's you know it there's there's a part of there's a part of that it's like you know. Oh, mm-hmm. The stay-at-home mom thing isn't all that glamorous either, you know. Um, Good point. You yes. know that that's the, it can it can seem idyllic in in all those places. So I mean, that's always part of the story, but I don't think that's what you're really aiming at, right? I mean, we can recognize right, that, right? You know, the reality of life isn't the same as our ideals, um, but it's also not the case that the reality. I mean, if we're if we're going to try to live a life of faith, if we have faith. Part of what that means is we, we believe that life in this world is good, like that God made us to be good and he made the, mm-hmm. the world to be good and that it that life shouldn't just be a grind or a drudgery or right. simply, even yes. if there are elements of that, right? Even if we have to endure the things we have to endure, like we all have to go to work, right? And we have to endure what, you know, work by the sweat of our brow and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh and, and it's sort of like the, that – I think the question of eschatological man, right, man at the end of time, like the story of like what is the end of this progression? I'm going to work hard to get my education. Why? So that I can get into a good school. Why? So that I can get a good degree. Why? So that I can get the good career. Why? So that I can rest and be happy. And so, you know, you go through all of that. And, you know, you're you you end up with with the career and the the money and the, you know, the 401k and the and the comfortable home and all that stuff. And then you're sitting at home and you're like, I have to go to work tomorrow (laughs) to pay for all this stuff. And is that really that's all it's about? Right. Is that it? Like have I this this I am now at Mm. the end point of that progression that I've been aiming at for like my whole life and. That's it, right? Like, the, is that all?
3: And the fact that you're not satisfied it's after not you've sufficient. achieved all of that stuff that the world told you, when you get this, you will be a successful woman, you will be happy, everything will be lined up, and you still have this un uh, this. You're, if you're still not satisfied at that point, it points to the fact that there is some underlying purpose that you've There's never fulfilled. There's something more yet. in life. There's something mm-hmm. greater to your yeah. femininity that you haven't realized yet.
2: And you can, and you can kind of. You can, you know. Sometimes the, the temptation in our society is to double down, right? Right. You just like, gotta try oh, harder. Oh well, let me try harder. <laughs> let me take on another mm-hmm. career, or let me. Start let me, I want to go for partner, or I want to go mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars, and see if I can make two hundred thousand dollars. You just haven't ascended we, you know? it oh, high and enough. And, and you know what? Yeah, the this is not world,
0: just a, a female femininity problem. That's right. It's right. not. This it's, is the problem that facing is, human yeah, beings and you, yeah.
2: you know and the thing is that the world will always offer you something more expensive that you could buy right. like you know it's like oh you know you're driving this car but there's always a more expensive car out there there's always a bigger yeah. house out there there's always something for you to strive for that's more and it's it's always going to offer that to you and you so so that the goal the goal of this success will always be the little carrot hanging out in front of you <laughs> right. that will but right. at some point, you realize what that even that thing I mean, it might be nice to have or whatever, but that can't be my end or my right. goal. Like, it doesn't, I it think doesn't, it was, I don't understand what is the purpose of all of this. Right. I think it was of uh, right. the
3: actor Jim Carrey that just what you just said. He, um, he, uh, yeah, there's a I viral video about he yeah. said, I wish everybody could be rich successful live in Hollywood, have everything that they want so they can realize that that doesn't make you happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You could just fast yeah. forward, get that. And then you okay, because let's move it's on it's now to what's really important. It's an in life.
2: insufficient end. Right. Right. And I think that's, so when we, we want, one of the things that you're pointing to, and I think there's just this part that's universal. And then, and then I want to, I would like to talk more about the dating and masculinity, femininity parts of that. But there's there's a point where the story that we tell ourselves in our culture is it, is an, Insufficient end. It's not adequate to the human heart. It's not un, like the goal that you are seeking um, is not th- the goal that your heart needs and the goal that the world is providing for you. The, the world, the, what the world provided, is insufficient. It's just not, the world is just not enough for you. And that's part of the original solitude. Remember, yep. Adam is yep. in the world and he's right. all by himself and he owns the whole world. I mean, you got to think about that. that. That's part of our our culture, uh, our nature, is that we're just like Adam, and we have at our fingertips the entire world. But it's but he's alone, and it's not enough. And that's because the Lord wanted us to know. And what's being recorded in the scriptures is this understanding that the world is not enough for you, like the world, and, and it's all of its riches. Yeah,
0: God, and even if you had the opposite, right? If you had Marriage, children, staying at home, all that stuff, that doesn't do it for you That doesn't do it for you either. It's the original solitude. It's saying you need God. You need this intimate connection with God that was, you know, destroyed by sin and now made possible again, at least in a small sense before the ultimate eschatological sense. That's right, yeah. Yeah. but that that that's not I was talking about this this morning, this whole idea of satisfaction, this whole idea you know our hearts are restless until they find their rest in in you uh the the disordered loves, right, so you can love all kinds of things, and they can actually be good things that you should love. You just love them in the wrong order, that's Saint. Augustine, right, right. right. and so are we loving God first because if we don't love God first, well, then it doesn't matter whether it's a career or a family or what you can mess it up so bad that you love your career over your family and you destroy your family, right? So yeah. there's that possibility that if you had a family and a career, like I think that's actually sometimes what happens. Like women are stuck in these careers and doing great things, but then they're trying to also have the family and they're just exhausted. It becomes too yeah. much. And, and, and they're
2: not – What I think it's critical to understand that they're, that experience is – it feels like a uniquely – feminine women's experience in the world but that's what men feel too so <laughs> right. you know, I, <laughs> I mean it it's expressed differently it has a different mm-hmm. like flavor or quality to it from but it's the same thing that you have to strive and you have to work for your career you know the career centric guy who's trying to provide for his family or whatever and and the world is full of these people who are so devoted to their career, even if they're in, I mean, even if you put people in that, you know, a husband and a father, and he's got kids and he's going to work and he's trying to provide for his family, he's trying to provide for his kids. And what? And what's the temptation is to pour yourself into your work. And then you have the classic, you know, absent dad right. who's thinking, you know, he's trying, and that's, it's because the same, because the man and the woman have the same nature, right? You know, we're not different species. You know, <laughs> we, we have a heart, a human heart that is in the image of God, that desires to be like God, that has the end in God, and that end is the same. The nature, right. the origin is the same, and the ends is the same. And what makes masculinity and femininity differ is not that they're just like, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus kind of thing. It's not that. It's there's two modes of being a human being, <laughs> right? There's two modes, and there's a way in which the human heart has this capacity for the love of God and the love of neighbor, and the, the ability to love is the same in the man and the woman, um, but their difference is what makes them capable of loving one another in the, in the unique way that they do. Yeah. But the, call, the origin is the same and the call is the same. And so we end up, when we, when we kind of squish out of our culture an understanding of the value or dignity of the sexual difference, um, sometimes what we end up discovering is that we actually have the same experiences. You know, we end up in that kind of same place where the world offers us an end or a purpose or a goal that's insufficient for the human heart. And then we end up working really hard for something that doesn't satisfy us. Right. And, and then that's what the scriptures tell us. Right. Why do you spend your money on things that don't satisfy? Right, you know.
0: Or uh, John six twenty seven: Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Yeah, Jesus. Right. yeah.
2: Right. So if I could, if I yeah. could just
1: pause. Like, so you're talking about the the sexual difference, and I think that's key. Like, I think the way, and, and this, w- and I have a question. So hopefully, these the yeah. question and this kind of goes together. But I feel like the way that the culture would try to figure out what is the sexual difference it's trying to say there's not much
0: there right? isn't any right yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that my question i wanted to pose is so in addition to dovetail what we what we've been talking about is what do y'all what do y'all think about women trying to be like men yeah. in order to make it in that career world and meaning like Personality wise, right? So instead of being using their being um, in tune with their femininity, that power that's there, mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, that's weak, right? That that gentleness, maybe like that thoughtfulness and that um, all all those, whatever you would call those, are yeah. to be they yeah. there. There's a push for no, you got to be aggressive. So if you're at a meeting, don't and and like. Men tend to interrupt, <laughs> right? It's known. Men and tend to interrupt. That
3: never happens a lot, right? <laughs> With other men, right? And
1: women, right. it's just kind of like we tend to, like, okay, if someone interrupts me, I'm going to stop, right? We don't normally override, but but this is just the different, yep. s- the, the little differences between the sex, uh, sexual natures or the, the different natures. Yep. But now the push, right, is no, you be aggressive don't let a man don't let the man mansplain you you know there's like right these are the things that are being taught so like i and promoted right by other women to to younger women right so what what do y'all think about it's not just you know women now understanding that like work and toil is not what it's cracked up to be and that it doesn't satisfy there is that piece that we can both agree upon but i'm talking about like you know, when you're, when it's like they're teaching me to be innately someone that I'm not.
2: But yeah. that is well, the way. I don't,
0: I don't even think that's just women as I interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't even think that will It happen. It's, well, now I can't even say what I was going to say because it's like you, you, you want to not interrupt people in general as a Christian, like to be respectful, but we live in a world where the only way you can speak is if just you interrupt. interrupt. <laughs> yeah. yeah <exactly. laughs> Which I'm actually about to interrupt you. So I think one
3: of the root one of the roots to this problem and like you said, Pastor Emil, it's not just a female thing. Even males can you know on their own uh perspective can struggle with this. But I think like Chris said, "The grass is always greener on the other side. Like, there's just always this thing that we think that you know, if I was just like that, I would be happy, or if I just had this, I would be happy. And we look at the the feminine and masculine thing the same way. And a lot of females, you know, if I could just be my, have, you know, take care of myself and have have the power, have this awesome career, and and not need a man, I would be happy. And it's really just um, not res- not really appreciating too. I think." Um, not that any you know having your own business or anything's wrong, but I think it's not appreciating your your femininity. And as a man, same same way for us, we're not appreciating the true masculinity that God's given us. And we think if I just had with the other head, I would be happy. And the, and the males thinking that for the female, the, and the females thinking that for the male. And there's that jealousy. Comp- there's a jealousy, and then there's the the tension between the sexes. And um, I brought a quote um, with me so I can remember because it's too long for me to to memorize but this is um about that issue is equality and difference willed by god this is from the catechism of the catholic church again so it's another uh, catechism quote but this is uh paragraph 369 and 370 and it talks about how you know we are different but that doesn't mean that you know one is greater than the other you know and that's the thing we we're deceived that lie of our culture or the lie of the enemy to think that the other person's thing is better Has so if I had that I would be over and really God's saying both of you are awesome <laughs> like I've made you both good and yes. you need to learn who you are who I made you to be and appreciate that and you wouldn't have this unsatisfied need to always be grasping for the other but here's um, this paragraph 369 man and woman have been created which is to say willed by God on the one hand, in perfect equality as human persons, on the other, in their respective beings as man and woman. Being man or being woman is a reality which is good and willed by God. Man and woman possess an inalienable dignity which comes to them immediately from God, their creator. Man and woman are both with one and the same dignity in the image of God. In their being man and being woman, they are they reflect the creator's wisdom and goodness. In no way is God in man's image. He is neither man nor woman. God is pure spirit, in which there is no place for the difference between the sexes. But their respective perfections of man and woman reflect something of the infinite perfection of God. Those of a mother, those of a father, and a husband. So, but I I like how you know the catechism is talking here about how those that we are the same as male and female in our nature as humans, we're creating the image uh, of God. So we all have that dignity. We all have that same respect. And in that sense, we're equal and nobody's saying that a woman is lesser than at least, you know, according to the, the, the scriptures and theology of the body, we're not saying that, that a man is over a woman or that a woman is over a man or anything like that. It's we're equally in God's image and therefore have equal dignity as a human person. And that's beautiful. And we share that. And we're on the same level as that. And God looks upon us as his children, father to, um, to his, his sons and daughters. But in our respective differences, we are complementary. We, we have these different attributes and qualities. And what's cool about this, this quote right here is they talked about how in our differences, we are really just little mirror reflections of different aspects of God and how, even though it's in a in an imperfect way because we're human so we're limited and it's not infinite but the things that make a man cool that that's a man mm-hmm. thing that's reflected from god like that's how god is in those ways and the things that women have that motherliness that tenderness that strength that they can endure pain like beyond what we could ever endure <laughs> like all those different things the the tenderness the things you think of when you think of real femininity that is actually aspects of god and it's not, and, and again, they said God's neither a man or a woman. He's, be, you know, he's pure spirit and he's beyond that type of thing. But, um, and but still, he all those reflections are just reflections of God, and and we need not to, you know, compete about that, but but really appreciate our reflections that we contain within our masculinity as men and females. So same what. It,
0: I've been in the room for the birth of all four of my children, and I can totally say that women are not the weaker sex. Right. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> They're right. definitely not. Right. That's, That's not. right. I was there for all four from beginning to end. It's been yep. proven
3: they can take more pain, actually. Yeah. They figured it so out. So,
0: definitely not weaker, right? But what is it that makes, you know, we're talking about these things generally, and I feel like we should define them because I'm not sure everything that we're saying. Well, first of all, there's the, the original man and the historical man idea, right? So you're talking about tenderness and, and all this, these other things, this motherly uh, kind of personality, these qualities. But actually there are women that aren't like that at all. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't like limiting, even limiting yeah. it to that, you know, but just giving you know, some of those things. Be very aggressive women. So and what can do we Very passive men. Well, right? back to you your, your like the interrupting stuff, and like <laughs> I'm I'm picturing picturing a boardroom or a courtroom. That's a bunch of type A personalities, male and female. Right. right. That's not even like so much men. Like we don't even. I I mean we we've interrupted you, <laughs> but we've also <laughs> interrupted each other. each other a little bit too, right? But but I don't think this is like necessarily that kind of environment like there's a just another level out there in this rat race that is right. corporate america right. and the judicial system and everybody trying to prove they're somebody in all these different areas right. but but what is it that we can say is masculinity and femininity yeah. in a world you know so sometimes i find myself saying some of these things and then going yeah, but the world is a mess, and mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm a man, but I don't feel like the stereotypical man in some ways. You know, like I talk way too much for a man. <laughs> like, like I'm not. You're supposed not alone. To, I'm not supposed to communicate. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there are two of you in this Good company room. Company here. You're
1: perfect for the kingdom.
0: Well, yes.
1: You have, to, you have to be able to communicate and preach and teach.
0: Yeah, but so, that. So, so, but then I'm not like some of my male friends and then does that what does that say about me I'm i'm not saying that i have that struggle necessarily i'm just trying to make a point that i think the world would make and say well when you define masculinity and femininity you know that's just not how it is look at i'm not a naturally warm woman why would I want to have kids and bring them into this world and make a mess of them by yeah. not being warm. I'd like to bring
3: a personal example to this. Cause just what you're saying right now is like for me, you know, growing up my, my dad's dad, you know, uh, passed away when he was only 10. So for my dad only had his dad for 10 years. And even then he was, uh, he worked on a boat. So he was gone a lot. My dad didn't have a real good relationship with his dad. And, um, that affected him, you know, as, as growing up as a man, becoming into a man. And then when he got married, had kids and, you know, here I am now with this broken dad <laughs> that has this father wound and I'm trying to learn how to be a man and I'm not really getting the message clearly, you know, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not being passed down to me. So I'm left with this, this sort of, um, father wound, even though my dad was present and he was the best he could be, um, didn't really know what that meant to be a a real father. And I didn't have my dad, we didn't go on fishing trips and, you know, work on cars and all that kind of stuff that the typical, you know, father son thing. So I had that, um, not so much of a sexual identity, but, but more of like that, that, that I, that what is it to be a man? And, um, and I remember when I became a believer when I was 15, um, that was one of my questions to God. Like, you know, what does it really mean to be a man? And what does it mean to be a father? You know, And, um, because one day if, you know, if I do have a wife and kids, you know, I want to make sure that I'm a good father to them, but I don't really know how to be because don't really know what that is. So one thing, one thing that God, um, showed me was that he's the perfect father and he is, he said, I'm going to be a father to you and I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about that. And whatever you was lacking in your life with your experience with your dad, I'm going to fill in that that role, and I'm going to teach you. I'm going to take you one step at a time through life and through these experiences, and that's a way that I can uh, reflect that that masculinity is by looking at some of those masculine elements in God, and that one of those things, like they mentioned in the quote, is his fatherhood. So, in his masculine uh, reflections, he's a father, right? So, if you really want to know how to be um a good uh good man and to have that those those masculine traits um you know shine in you in a a good way it's we're called upwards to be fathers like the father god and even if you don't have an actual you know uh, you're not married and you don't have children being a, a father type figure to other people and taking care of people protecting them providing for them teaching them leading them up that's all fatherly uh type of you know, attributes and and um okay. aspects to being a father. And the I just want to give this scripture, this was a scripture that um that came to me when I was thinking about all this stuff was Second Corinthians six eighteen. He says, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So again, where maybe you don't even know what that means to be a father or to have that father figure Um, And that's a part of masculinity or same, you know, God can be that for you. And, you know, simultaneously, um, God is he's he's he has both of those um, aspects. So if you're a female and you don't really know how to be, maybe your mother was not there in your life. Maybe your mother was a, a really bad mom and you have no clue how to do that. And you are trying to get in touch with that part of your femininity. God has those qualities of that awesome mom, right? Like he is, and even in the Old Testament, they have scriptures about that, about, um, I think it's in the Proverbs or Psalms, talks about um, God being like a mother to to the tenderness of the mother to the children, things like that. So there are those, uh, even though God is neither male or female, there are those feminine aspects and you can learn about how to be a better mother through God's motherly attributes, if that makes any sense. Um, and I think that, that God can be that for you and teach you how to be um, a mother or a father, and also to grow in your strength as a male or female. But so, so I, I think,
2: I think that the theology, the body, and the bodilyness of masculine and feminine can can teach us quite a lot. And I mean, I mean, you began Naomi with this with this idea that you know. Men are powerful. Men are independent. Men uh, can go and have careers and they're not tied down by their biology. They're not tied down by, you know, all these different things. And they can go out and do what they want, mm-hmm. but women can't do what they want because of blah, blah, blah. And so we need to liberate women from their, from their constraints so that they can be like men and be independent like men. But the, the, the false, the, the lie there is right at the beginning that men are independent in the first place. Because as if men don't need women, mm-hmm. you know, as if there's not a dependence. Men don't on,
0: exist without women.
2: <laughs> that's right. You know, there, th- those men have Good a <laughs> That men can't be men without women. That there's that there's a because what the theology body is trying to say is that whatever power a man has, whatever gifts he has, whatever strengths he has, whatever whatever, um, aggression he has or whatever. One of the things that Adam learns through exercising his power in the world by naming the animals, right? Is that he's alone and that's a problem and that's not good. Right. (laughs) And it's not until the woman appears that he goes, this at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This at last makes sense of who I am. This at last gives an order or a direction or a purpose or a reason why I have power and strength and all of these things. Right. And so Eve is the one who taught Adam. What, what was his, what was the point of him?
3: Right. It's the women who draw that out of me. That's
2: right. And so the idea that, and, and, you know, men know this, even if it's difficult to articulate, Men know how much they need. Like men in marriages that are, re- you know, reasonably healthy. No, I'm, I'm not talking about perfect <laughs> marriages here. I'm talking about, you know, reasonably stable marriages, reasonably happy. They, they're. I don't know how I could be myself without you. Like right. you, 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 you show me the right way. You help me to understand what I'm supposed to do. You, you know, I go to work and I get betrayed and I get hammered and I get beat up and there's someone I come home to right and that that's a home for me that's a place where I can share like you know you had a bad day can I make you a cocktail like oh thank god for you you know you know um and there's a place where there's a place where I can come home to and where I can be where I can be myself around that I can embrace that I can hold, and I need that because without that home the I it's not clear why I'm at work Right. It's not clear Mm. what is the purpose of my climbing the ladder and doing the work. You know, but when I have my wife who I love, I Mm. I love her and I have my family who I care for. It it gives purpose and direction of the work. And the work isn't the most important thing, although I will devote myself to my work for their sake. Right. You know, so what ends up Mm. happening is married men become better workers, Mm -hmm. not because they're trying to advance their power, but because they're, they have responsibilities now that they want to fulfill. And so the idea that men are independent of women or that they don't need them spiritually or emotionally or even physically or whatever is a lie right from the beginning, Mm, you know, and then, and then you, and then you, and then you say, Oh, between men and women, the dominant way, the best way to understand the relationship between men and women is who has power and who can exercise power. And then what you try to do, invest more power into the woman to make her equal to the men. It's like a lie from the beginning. Right.
0: Well, that's the independence is the American myth.
2: That's right. right. Like
0: that is what our cultural problem is. Everything in just the, the more I think about it, the more we talk about it here and elsewhere, uh, the I more I go, that. that's our problem. Yep. Yeah. That Cause, we're, cause that we're, we're not.
2: isolated individuals yep. that are yes. unconnected, unnecessarily. It. And, it, and the point about masculinity and femininity is that they're relational terms, that they refer to one another. That you can't. I think the problem with you know always trying to figure out well these are masculine traits like aggression and these are feminine traits like whatever that always is a dead end. It's never sufficient because there's always you know less aggressive men or more aggressive whatever yeah. and and yeah. it's like and it's an inefficient way to talk about it. The only way I think and this is what the theology of the body like probably the most valuable element of the theology of the body is to understand that masculinity and femininity make no sense outside of the context of the other.
3: Right, the relationship. It's the relationship
2: that makes it powerful, and and the way to think about it, like the entry way to think about it, is through the body. Like men have powers that are fruitless without the receptive openness of the woman, and and the woman has powers that remain sterile without the contribution and the gift of the man and that's true biologically it's obvious biologically right i mean you don't you can't get pregnant by yourself. so there's no fruitfulness right and then and then that's true and that bears on the emotional life of the man and the woman and it bears on the spiritual life on the woman because men man masculinity and femininity man and woman are different for the purpose of love for the purpose of achieving the end for which man was designed in the first place and so man, you know, love has to do with – I mean, one of the things that the, the Catholic Church has proclaimed in recent times over and over and over again is that you know, man cannot find himself except through a gift of himself. That's mm-hmm. kind of a refrain that's been part of uh, the Catholic world in, in recent times, you know, that, that, um, that man cannot find himself except through a f- sincere gift of himself, that loving has to do with an exchange of gifts. Well, between man and woman there's a giver and a receiver, right? There's a and and a woman gives a gift by receiving in a receptive kind of way and a mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. receives in a in a gifting kind of way. And and that's sort of you can start to think about masculinity and femininity in the context of the exchange of gift. You know, so that like, you know, I go to the girl, like you go back to the dating, right? And I And I and I offer her a flower like, you know, here's I'm I'm offering I'm giving and you can and she accepts the flower and she smiles and she says, thank you. Well, who gave who a gift? Right. Mm -hmm. Who has given who a gift? Well, in the obvious objective sense, I gave you the gift. Right. But the gift that you've given me is far more valuable to me than the gift that I gave to you. And that's true of your experience of me. Like you've given, like all you did was smile, but that for me, that va- that smile is way more mm. valuable than the flower. Mm. And for you, the flower is way more valuable mm. than the smile. Mm. And so what happens is between the giver and the receiver. I mean, I gave you a gift, and it's not like I gave you I gave you a dollar. Now you give me a burger. It's not a transaction. It's not a a tit for that tat, right? It's like oh, right. now you owe me something because I gave you a flower. No, I, you don't owe me anything because you already. I've already received more than I've given. (laughs) Mm. I've already received more than I've given. And so between the lover and the beloved, there's always a debt that's owed on the other side. Like you don't owe me anything. I'm just so grateful that you've allowed me the privilege of taking you on this date, of giving you this flower, of living this life with me together. Um, And so, and yeah, there's certain things that you can do for our family you know, when I think about my wife and my family, there's certain things that she can do for my family that I just can't do. She can feed the children with her own body like that. I can't <laughs> do that, right? You know, yeah. um, and there are certain things that I can do that she can't do and she relies on me to do. But I am equally reliant on her. There's not a imbalance of power, even if there's a difference. Right. And so that's the context to think about. What exactly is masculinity and what exactly is femininity? And I think what you do is you start with the bodily expression of masculinity and femininity, the, just the biological reality of that, and then from there you can infer the emotional and spiritual and kind of the more abstract levels of, you know, you know why are men more aggressive or why are right. women more nurturing? Well, there's a, there's a biological, physical uh, root that gives rise to those different attributes, and um, and there's no difference between my mind and my, you know, my mind and my body are interconnected, and that's that whole point. And our our culture, I think, gets confused because we start trying to think about masculinity and femininity in a disembodied way. And then, and then you're hopelessly confused. <laughs> mm. Like nothing makes sense anymore. Then
1: you can create stereotypes. And, and then you can and create all.
2: stereotypes. Men are aggressive. Men are, you know, independent. Women are... Separate. And, well, and, and how much, much of know, that
0: is original man and how much of that is historical man? Historical man, man. yeah. yeah. Right?
2: How much of that is the sinful expression? Right. There's something good that gets turned the wrong way. Like aggression is a good example. Like we have this like... You know, in school or something, we have this like attack against like aggression is just bad to court. It's just it should there should never be so kids shouldn't wrestle and fight with each other. They shouldn't get in snowball fights or whatever. But there's something important about between my wife and I. Uh, there's no need for a mutual negotiation about how we ought to live. Mm-hmm. And I have to fight for what's right. I have to fight for what's good. I have to help her to understand she has to, and she needs to fight back with me. Right. And so she needs to have a little bit of aggression, right? Because we won't be able to preserve the good without like wrestling with each other and wrestling with the world mm-hmm. around us. And so to crush that is just to like undermine our natures as people. And it's, a, it's, a, and it's, it's rooted in an original lie about what it means to be human, what it means to be masculine and feminine in the first
3: place. Yeah. I love how you you uh, you talked about for a man being in relationship with a woman teaches gives him the gift of masculinity or teaches him what it is to be a man and kind of call pulls it out of him and I th- I think about myself cuz I mean, in all honesty, open confession, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm like, I'm afraid of everything. But, but when my wife hears a noise at night, and I remember when I first got married and, and that's this first incident happened, you know, she heard something. And she's like, oh, what is that? Go check it out. And I'm like, dude, you go check it out. I'm, like, I'm scared, bro. But I didn't say that. But, but I, I mean, I thought that. Yeah. But I got up because I'm the man. And I know that, you know, I'm bigger than her. I'm stronger than her. I'm not, I've been You're in more fights than her. <laughs> right? I, I, I needed to get up. I needed to do that. That was my, that's what I needed to do. And it was her calling me out that made me just get up and walk out there, which I normally would have just been in there calling 911 being like, what's going on? But I went out and I checked it out. And, and I, you know, it wound up and being just discover, the cat or something. And but, you
2: discover a capacity that you didn't dude, know was exactly. there. Yeah. She
3: called the man out of me. You know, and I remember as well being working, you know, really hard physical labor jobs, just being out there sweating with big pipes on my shoulder and dirty and just thinking, God, like I would never choose to do this if it wasn't for those beautiful kids at home right now who need me and need money. Yep. You know, and it's like it call, they call it out of you. That's you right. Know, so it's pretty that's such cool. A, that, that's amazing. That's right.
1: So Pastor Emil, I think um, when you brought up the, the terms again of original man and historical man, I think this is where the world, we do have to kind of give them, uh, kind of have a, a little mercy, yep. a little compassion on, on kind of how the world has. The wisdom of the world, um, yeah. yeah. You know, has got it wrong, but to, to have a little bit more compassionate view is, yeah, historical man is, has made its mark, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them is, so we know from, from the Lord, he showed us that we are a gift to each other. And that's what mm-hmm. we've been saying over and over yeah. as we've been talking about theology of the body. But in historical man, where sin is in the picture, yep. and that relationship between man and woman that got severed, yep. where it was in this beautiful, you know, perfect unity, if we look in our history, yep. In the different Betrayal cultures, all
2: around, yeah. And yep. we
1: we we don't have to go into it, but we have examples of how women, you know, mm-hmm. were treated right over time. Right. So I I do think sometimes it is a, a response in the human heart that knew that there was such injustice yep. of um, some people were suff- had suffered a certain way, and in a way, almost you know, in some ways, oppressed as well. Yep. So I think it's it's a it's a kind of rigorous and a, and a huge kind of um, yes. tsunami of a reaction yeah. to, to that yep. that where it's there is a good there that we can recognize that, it's yes, that longing for justice um, yeah. that was not a perfect example of man receiving the yep. woman as gift, right. Uh, unfortunately, yep. right? But at the same time, the tsunami wave doesn't correct. Right. Mm. Uh,
2: yeah, because what I mean—that's exactly—that's me. such an important point. Oh, yeah. It's so critically important to be able to understand what we mean, because they because what we're talking about is a you know the the you know the women's liberation kind of movement. If we want to just put a label on what you're talking about, was a response to like genuine injustices, right? Okay, right, right. right. Um, but but it's but you know the the Christian wisdom, that and the difficult burden of the Christian wisdom, right? Um, and the humility of what it means, the, the courageous humility, is that, like, okay, there was a tyrant out there who oppressed me, and the solution is to become, to adopt <laughs> yeah, the, the very worst elements of the thing that oppressed me. If I can just yes. be an oppressor in reverse, then I can defend myself. I can fight against it. I can, I can match that fight. And what or, happens or to is,
0: make the exception the rule. Right. So like here, it's not like every man did that to every woman. That's and right. And we're going to say, oh, but that's always the case. And so we just need to give up on this whole idea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, so man. we,
2: we, what we try to do is we try to, we, we are encouraging women like the, the, this, this idea, this idealism of a woman, career woman, all that stuff. Right. And, and when you, and it's such a, it's such, it turns out to be such a thin, narrow, not rich vision of what a woman could be, but it's also a very thin, not rich vision of, of the man. And you're, you're choosing, you're picking out the least, noble aspects <laughs> of masculinity, right? And saying, right. let's make women more like that. And yes, that's, that's why. That's yeah, like, okay. That's, like, that's what a, I don't
1: get, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's like, that's the problem, right? And so, like, <laughs> yes. we're, you know, what we want to do is, you know, men have been terrors, and so let's make women as terrible as them. Like, mm. that's a terrible idea. But it's... <laughs> Exactly. It's, but that that's kind of the but it's hard, right? Because when someone punches you in the face, you want to be able to be strong enough to punch back, right? right. And so turning the other cheek is a massive call of, of of wisdom that is that is deeply difficult. Like what Christ encourages us to do and who he's calling us to be. I mean anyone who thinks that Jesus is just like hippy dippy, like no demands, just whatever, he's I mean
0: or the people that would say, oh, you know, I, I, I don't really believe what you believe about who he is and what he did and, and heaven and hell and who's in and who's out and yeah. forgiveness of sins and all that kind of stuff. If we, He just really came to tell us what to do and how to be, if more people would just like Jesus. Yeah. Are you going to be like Jesus? Yeah. Do you know Are what you he really did? Are you really going to Exactly. <laughs> right. Did you turn the other cheek? Yeah. Are you going to go the extra mile? Are you going to?
2: Right, the, Give it the, away. Give the, away your tunic. and You know, right. Jesus refuses. He refuses to take upon himself. He's the king, right? Christ the king. He's the king. The rightful king of the world. And he refuses to take on the political power of the kings of the world, right? And, um, and what does that look like? It looks like he gets crucified, right? He just gets you know, like run through the meat grinder. And sometimes we suffer that. And that's that's i mean i'm not saying that it's hard right because the to be truly wise in the christian sense means to to resist the oppression but not in a way that become that's oppressive Right, and you have to, you, and so like I, I've, I don't know. Did I tell you? Did I tell the story? My theory about the the Christian, the Christian martyrs in in Rome, that ever like how Rome. I don't know if I've talked about this story, but but here's my idea. Right, like so, imagine you're a Roman citizen. It's important to get in touch with your like, you know, non-Christian side of you. Right, the Roman and side. You live in Rome. <laughs> it's not you're really, a Roman that hard s- is it? <laughs> you're, yeah, you're a barbarian, <laughs> you're <the> war- right? <laughs> you're a Roman citizen, and every Friday night, you know. They feed people to lions at the Coliseum, and you pay your ticket to go, right? Why? Why? I and mean, they fill the Coliseum, and they're feeding the enemies of the state to the lions, right? And you go because it's awful fun. Like you have to get a sense of how much fun that is, right? <laughs> because it's exciting. You know, here, here's, the edi- gonna... <laughs> here's the enemy of the state. Think about it, right? Here's the, Think about what that experience... I mean, maybe this is too much for some people, but just think about the experience.
3: Viewer discretion is advised. Viewers,
2: <laughs> you have the enemy of the state. Like, here is a criminal. Here's a bad guy. Here's someone who's trying to bring down our society. And we put him in the, the Coliseum, and we sick the lions on him, right? And he's going to do one of two things, right? He's going to f- try to run away, right? Which is funny, right? Because he's mm. running around, and the lion's going to catch him. You know, there's no way the lion's not gonna catch him, right? And so he's running like mad and the lion pounces him, right? And it's like you can't escape from us because we're the winners, right? Or you get some big thuggy guy in there who thinks he can fight a lion, which is also funny, right? Because <laughs> the guy's gonna stand his ground and he might get one lick into the lion that just makes the lion mad and he's gone. Right? And it's and there's, and there's sort of a and it's like when you go to the football team and your football team wins, you feel like you've won. And so when the lion wins, you feel like you've won, and so you cheer for the lion, and it's like great fun, right? Yeah. And it's and it and it feels like we are the powerful ones. We are the you know the, you can't beat Rome. And then the Christians right? just stood there. The Christians just stand there, and they take all the fun out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So there goes the Christians. They kneel down and they start praying. They start singing hymns to Jesus Christ. You know. And sometimes the lion just walks up and (laughs) swallows them, right? And sometimes the lions don't really know what to do and they just kind of walk around and they lay down and they're just not that excited, right? And they don't get eaten. Sometimes they get eaten. Sometimes they go. But from the perspective of the person watching it, you drains all the fun out of it because they do nothing of what a normal person would do. And then you go home and you start thinking about like, what did I just see? the manner in which that person lived or the manner in which he died. And it's that person's not afraid of lions. That person's not afraid of death. That person's not afraid. He has a hope that's far beyond being on the side of the people who get to oppress everybody. What is that person's more powerful than us?
3: I want what they got.
2: (laughs) He won, even though he died, he won, right? You know, he got eaten, but the manner in which he died, shows that he's freer than the lion is. And and that's what happened to the Roman citizen, the Roman soldier at the foot of the cross. When he saw the manner in which he died, he says, truly this is the son of God, right? He realizes who he is. And so sometimes the Christian life is a kind of martyrdom. You know, you go through a certain suffering and you don't get to be a martyr for being stupid. It doesn't mean that you just, you know, let the oppressors, you know, steamroll you or whatever. And you have to find ways to resist the injustices of the world. That's clearly a Christian call. But we don't do it by adopting the very worst aspects of the tyranny that's oppressing us. We do that through our commitment to our life of charity and to one another and to mm-hmm. love the love mm-hmm. the no- and the manner in which we love one another and so the single person who can't find a date or who's you know frustrated by the 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 lack of maturity in the men or the you know whatever the, the the way of life becomes a life of charity how do you how do you be conscientious in your work and you love your clients and you you become a good friend to the to the men in your life without an expectation that they're going to you know, reciprocate in the ways that you hope. And then you, you let, you leave it to God and the ins and outs of history and time to allow those relationships to bear fruit in the way that they're able to, even though you're in this kind of impoverished environment, you can allow that to happen. And and so sometimes that's our call, right? Um, so
0: I fascinating. We are getting close to the end of the uh, hourglass here. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to. Maybe this is something we dig into a little bit more next time. But thinking through more specifically on masculinity and femininity, you know, I think about Ephesians five, where Paul is instructing about marriage, right? And
1: that's where I was thinking too.
0: This is what most women hate. Wives, submit to your husbands, right? I mean, I've done a lot of weddings. Yeah. Uh, can we say something else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, can we? really? Well, okay, how about in verse uh, 31, where, where where maybe it was 33. However, each one of you must also uh, love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So I think that's actually something that's profoundly ingrained in both men and women. Yeah. Even if they also need the opposite, right? So, like, men still kind of need love and women still kind of need respect, but really the primary motivator, the primary means by which they are, uh, you know, are are able to grow and and fulfill kind of who God made them to be is through those things. So there's this guy, Emerson Egrich, I think. He wrote a book called Love and Respect, and it's about marriage and, you know, basically, yeah. you know, men need respect. That's why they're aggressive. They're trying to get respect. respect.
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: But they're, they're going about it in the wrong way. That's and, right. And they don't necessarily know that. Uh, um, and and since perfect. society today tends to disrespect men, I mean, it is culturally normative. It is culturally acceptable. In fact, we joke about it. Regularly, without even thinking about it, among men, yeah, you know about how stupid they are, it's true, how useless they are, how they don't want to work, how yeah. they don't want to interact. They they're just a bunch of idiots. And if this is the message about or who tyrants. we believe, yeah, or or are tyrants, but yeah, Neanderthals, the, uh, the yeah you know, yeah. yeah. The, so so they don't deserve respect either way. Either way that's is right. what we're saying. Yeah, and and we've been doing this for generations now yeah more more than one generation and we wonder why there are all these guys at 35 years old sleeping in their parents basement playing video games Definitely. all day and watching porn
2: because they don't want to become men who are the bane of the cultural experience and, right? and
0: there's yeah. a series of videos i just saw short three minute videos from focus on the family about uh how this guy emerson egrich has now got a book i guess about respecting your son you know, so so here's now a recognition of, and I haven't bought the book, I haven't read the book, I, I haven't dug very deep into it, but I remember the first book, and, and recognizing in the, through this conversation, sort of the idea that this is a male need for respect, and he's now encouraging moms to respect their sons, whether or not they deserve it. Yeah, hmm. just like you know, Ephesians five, men love your wives whether or not they deserve it. So, so men need respect, but then also, you know, and, and she he spends a little bit of time saying, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband uh, is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Uh, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. So we've got a few verses there. Now let's preface this, I guess, add this. Verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence yep, for Christ. So right. that's the context of this whole passage. But then, the next like six verses, he's explaining what it is for a husband uh, to love his wife. And as Christ loves the church. Yes. Exactly. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, a man, our role as men is to fulfill Christ. John 15. Greater love has no one than this that someone yeah. lay down their life mm-hmm. for their friends in that context. But for your spouse, for everyone. Like that's actually—
1: That's masculinity. We're not supposed
0: to be doormats that everyone's bowling over. We're supposed to do that in an honorable way, living for the other. Love is a verb. It's not a feeling the way it's been uh, dramatized so, in our
2: in our culture. The, the, I know we're very really, long, and maybe we should take this up because I think this pra- passage yes. is beautifully yes, important. Is- but just one little nugget about that is that the respect that the wife offers to her husband is a kind of permission to allow him to give himself over to her, right? You have to give him space. You have to – You know? can I – will you give me the honor of allowing me to die for you? And she says, yes, you may.
0: Right, but in, not a not a demand. Not a demand. Right. You, you know, the finger in the right? face. She, so the respect
2: of... has to do with the permission. The permission to give the husband the space to love her in the way that he loves her, and that's what that's what the respect or the submission is part. So there's a there's a like he needs that permission, right? And and she and and she needs that gift. But and I, it's, I think it's, it's, it's not
0: just marriage either. It's it's, it's right. everywhere. It's you know. I think about as a man, I have to keep in mind respecting other men yeah. if I don't want to get myself into deep. You know, and yeah. as a woman in the world, yeah, I think the way that men uh, act inappropriately with you is still kind of this hidden. Anxiety or this hidden yearning for respect. Yeah, right. That's why they did all that. You're you're a threat to their respect. (laughs) They they don't maybe think of it that way. Uh, And and you can be respectful as a woman in a way that is, I think godly, but it doesn't mean you have to give up a career and all this other kind of stuff. And That's it doesn't right. mean you have to tolerate injustice and all that other. And, and you, I, uh, Naomi, there are several times where I've noticed just like, wow, she's like really respectful. For <laughs> and, and I haven't really done anything to earn that respect. She just, she gets it. Gift. She it's gets it. Right. And, um, my wife is actually very good at that too. But, Doesn't mean she's always good at it, but it also means that I'm not always loving in the way that I should be laying down my life. And that's the historical man that's
3: But That's good as far as like if you want to know how to be a good husband, you know, just like if you want to know how to be a good father, look at the Father God. If you want to know how to be a good husband, look at Christ who laid his life down for the church. But um, I think one of the thing, and this is my last thing, and I'm gonna, I know we gotta get out <laughs> here. But you had, we all keep talking about it and jumping around it, but not really getting into it. And this is quick. Um, one of the big obstacles to all of this stuff with you know, uh, men, especially you know, not rising up to the occasion to be real men, and having that that fear and just kind of like staying in the basement type of thing until they're 40 or whatever, and not you know being afraid to ask people. I think. A big part of it is technology and the way we live nowadays Mm -hmm. online constantly and everything Mm -hmm. is a social media, everything is an app. And these, uh, especially the younger generation, like, you know, I guess 30 and down, like these people, their whole lives were raised on nothing but Internet stuff. So they that's how they uh, engage with their friends. That's how they have a social life is through. You know, Snapchat and Twitter and whatever, TikTok, all these little things they got. YouTube, that's the only way they know how to relate to other people. So they're always behind that screen of that, that kind of security of the, the, the security blanket of the screen. So when they get in real life, it's terrifying. These people are totally anxious. Social anxiety is out of control nowadays with these younger people, Good especially point. because it's all they know. They don't know. You know how hard my son was talking to me about this one time recently about how hard it is for him to have the courage to just talk to a girl at youth group or something, you know, because he's usually not talking face to face. It's always behind an app or behind a, a text or something. So to get face to face has a lot of courage involved, but I encourage him to, to do that. And that's why hmm. I bring my kids to physical things in real life and not always just stay home and be on all these, you know, devices like you need to go out there, you know, get involved with sports, get involved with the youth group, get them into, you know, being in real life because if all they know is the security blanket, they're gonna be, they're gonna grow up and not be real men and real women. They need to be able to have those social interactions, and I think that's part of the big part of the breakdown.
0: And Naomi, you had said uh, earlier something like, "Oh, and they, they asked them out, and they weren't afraid. They were always afraid, <laughs> right? Well, but they had courage. You know, they were way. they were taught to be courageous, to be men, yeah. to take risks." To set themselves aside for bold endeavors, like <laughs> asking out the you know the girl that was right. you know uh, and I think that what you're talking about with technology, gary that makes men more or or young men and boys feel more likely to feel foolish, right. which will lead to disrespect. Which makes them more likely to not try.
3: Right. Yep. Insecurity. And- so oh, yeah. they,
0: they hang out in the basement and then there's all kinds of other things that make it real easy for them to get their, get their needs bodily met. needs met. <laughs> and right.
3: Pornography is through the roof. And, and, and yeah. in Japan, we talked about Japan before the show about how their culture yeah, is completely just uh, sexless crisis because everybody's got robots and dolls and <laughs> porn and these little shops you go to just to have somebody to hang out with you and pretend to be your girlfriend for the night. It's like, there's no real relationships <laughs> wow, I anymore. That, I mean, <laughs> From the, the links I saw, yeah, I mean, I watched, I watched Gary a, knows some things, a huge so. documentary about this the other day, but it's like, they're in a legit crisis, crisis that the yeah. whole re- Western world is headed towards. If we don't have some kind of a major shift. Which doesn't look like it's happening, unfortunately.
0: So, Naomi, you got us started. You got us started real well. And and we were like as quiet as I think we've ever been. And then we weren't. And so, (laughs) would you like to wrap it up? You you know, like final thoughts, uh, anything you've heard, anything you want to set straight? in us uh, men in as respectful a <laughs> way as possible. Because <That's, laughs> our egos are very uh, very fragile, men. <laughs> is, Just remember that.
1: Is this is why I'm here. Um, so I, I think in, in our, our discussions, what I've been thinking about is all of this is, it is complex, right? Even, I think, Pastor Emil, when you talked about the depiction of men, and that hurts my heart. The fact that we look, you know, that it's funny to to kind of look at men as, you know, they can't really think and they're they're just very simple and they're very just like, I don't know, animal-like or whatever, because that's not true, you know? And, and I think that Ephesians 5, to me, Christ the, being the example of masculinity, which is I'm willing to give my life for the other. and if if men knew that, if they knew that, you know it it would it would dispel the stereotypes of men and the false, I think, uh, degrading of men as well, and it would really tap into their true identity. And I think right, that's why we're here. That's what we hope for that's what the kingdom building is about is is to build these young boys to to young guys to to, to men and, and then to more mature men to um live with that identity of who they are because when that's out of balance and they don't know that then you have the i guess the the repercussions of that is kind of some of what I've experienced of you know, dating life is yep. such an unknown and nebulous thing these days, and and in the career world as well, just kind of that interaction between man and woman, and not knowing how I'm supposed to be, um, you kind of collide with those type of things. But I know we didn't really talk about femininity, and maybe that's for another episode. It'll that'll be more relevant, but. Um,
0: we clearly didn't have trouble talking this time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this was a beautiful conversation, and I really, my goodness, much, I, re- much I received needed. so much. Well, I received thank you so for much. bringing it
2: yes, up and you. putting it, you know, drawing us towards experience. Again, right? the woman bringing yeah. out the male, bringing Bring, out the know, masculine. <laughs> really, really is helpful. So thank yes, you. Yes, thank you.
1: And the yeah. last thing I will say, thank you for that. And that this ultimately right, comes from God, our Father, because in asking... I mean, this is kind of a all a trickle effect, you know, Pastor Emil reaching out to me and giving me the floor and really, I mean, I took that honestly as a TOB moment. I was like, this is a person where he sees the gift of the other and he wants to make this space for this person, right? Give her this opportunity. And I, I saw it in that TOB lens and I, I was so grateful by that. But ultimately, this is coming from God, our Father. So again, Mm. we're we're receiving this, right, from him.
0: And I don't get that right all the time. But I I did have a situation at one point. I don't know. I guess I could say it fast. Let's see. The clock is ticking. Crazy, crazy situation between two families, you know, teenage pregnancy. And what are we going to do about this? And are we going to make him get married? Are we not going to get him make him get married. And, you know, a lot of pride, Christian church going families, right? Yeah. Right. And, uh, their pastor and their pastor's wife showed up unexpectedly with them into my office <laughs> with, you know, I didn't realize that whole thing was going to happen. I guess I should. have. And I'm trying everything. Like I've said this, I said that I, you know, all, as we're just trying to talk through this, I'm trying to listen and And then at the very end, I realized the wife of the pastor had hardly said a word. I I don't think she even spoke the entire time. And I said something like, you know... I do a lot of talking and, and I at some point realized that the quietest person in the room is the one that's actually paying attention the best and has the most important things to say, what do you have to say? She spoke for, I don't, she said like 10 words and the whole thing was over and we walked out. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> well, what was I waiting for? Exactly. Sometimes uh, you just gotta create that space. Yeah, so, so thank th- you. this wasn't quite that fast, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a 10 words
0: than 10 words but it was good it was great to be with you uh looking forward to next time y'all make sure you like share subscribe comment all that stuff and uh spread the word if uh, you got any questions jesus is sweeter at gmail.com and i'll try and bring those up god bless you catch up with you real soon taste and see that the lord is good ice cream is sweet jesus is sweeter